This is an NYY Sports Talk podcast presented to you by Baseballism, a premium lifestyle apparel brand inspired by America's pastime. Baseballism is America's brand. Episode number 10 of Hitting Hard. I am your host, Christian. You can find me on Twitter at Christian underscore N-Y-Y-S-T. 10 Hitting Hard episodes now. Hard to believe we've come so far in such a short amount of time. But let's see what's on the docket today. Uh, The big news in Yankee camp is that Luis Severino was scratched. From his start the other day, I believe it was now Tuesday, he got scratched from his start. Uh, or it wasn't yesterday. I can't I can't remember these days, I'm telling you. I, if I don't write things down, I don't remember them. But anyway, Sevy was scratched from his start. He's got rotator t- uh, cuff tendinitis. What do we do from here? Well, now, it depends. The Yankees don't seem too concerned about it. But if you look at it on um, a realistic side here, is that Sevy is going to be shut down for two weeks. So that means now he won't pick up a baseball until we're a week out from opening day. Because as we sit here today, we're three weeks from opening day, which is friggin' incredible that there's just 21 more days in between now and when Yankee baseball picks up for real. It's... It's coming. Like this long winter is drawing to its conclusion. But anyway, so if you figure that Sevy's not going to pick up a ball for two weeks and he's got seven days until um, the season starts, you figure three, four weeks till he's ready to take the mound if there's no setbacks. So now you're looking conservatively, third week fourth week of the season now that he's missing three or four weeks of the season can you get by with it sure you can get by with it uh it sounds like they're just gonna go with a mix of Loisica, Sessa and uh Herman which would be fine you can get two two or three weeks even four weeks uh with those guys you know, because as we said a couple weeks ago on the NYY Sports Talk podcast, the Yankees' early season schedule is pretty easy. They're playing a lot of really bad teams, teams that they're clearly better than, and they should get fat on this early part of the schedule. Now, even without Sevy for two or three, maybe four weeks, they should still be pretty good in that regard, that they're going to be able to score enough runs. Um to overcome poor starting pitching. The problem is now that CC Sabathia will also not be ready for the start of uh, the regular season. They said he's going to start on the injured list. We don't know for how long, probably a couple weeks. So he gets himself ready and then he's got to serve a five game suspension, which is doesn't really mean anything because then you can always configure the rotation to that where he really wouldn't even miss a start. But still, then it's 
it's just another week that he can't pitch. So now you're looking at a realistic scenario where the Yankees don't have Severino or Sabathia for the first month of the season. That's where it becomes a problem. Because now you're looking at, instead of having one of Loisica, Sessa, or Herman taking starts, where then you can configure the rotation, where maybe it's only two times that you got to use one of those guys. Now you have a scenario where you have two of those guys in the rotation where one of them has to be taking the ball every fifth day. Now, the wise because now currently the Yankees' number one ranked prospect. So, yeah, you want to see what he's got. Uh, I liked what I saw from him last year. He clearly needed more seasoning, but the stuff is there. So, you know, maybe he could be, a, you know, somebody that you can rely on. Herman is, you know, the old expression, the little girl with the curl. He's got disgustingly good stuff. It's just sometimes he's just disgusting to watch on the mound. And then there's Luis Sessa, who all you hear about is how Luis Sessa's throwing the ball really good in spring training. Could be a load of crap. He's out of options. I'm sure the Yankees just don't want to lose him. So even if uh, they don't have plans to keep him on the major league roster. They could be selling him a bill of goods, selling other teams a bill of goods. Like, hey, look how good Luis Sess is pitching. Give us something for him. So though, that sounds like, after hearing a few interviews with Brian Cashman, that sounds like the route the Yankees are going. Now, what would I do? It's interesting because if – the Sevy thing is just a short-term thing where you're not really expecting him to miss much more than a couple of weeks of the regular season. And it's just some tendonitis, little inflammation. Um, do you need to go out and sign another pitcher? Because that's where it becomes tricky. It's why the Yankees, when everybody says, you just need to sign another starting pitcher. It's why they haven't and they don't. Because who are you going to bump from the rotation? You're not obviously Sevy's healthy. You're not bumping Sevy. You're not bumping Tanaka. You're not bumping Baxton. You're not bumping Hap. And CeCe's not here to cheerlead from the bullpen. So he's going to pitch. So if you're now at a point where you you say, I need to go get another pitcher, that, wor that, that would personally worry me a little bit because now you're telling me you saw something on Seve's MRI that you didn't really like, that you need an insurance policy. Or maybe the big guy is just not going to be around much in 2019. It's just all, all very realistic possibilities if you think about it. But if CeCe just needs a little extra time to get ready and Seve needs a little extra time to get ready, do you go out there and you offer Dallas Keuchel a contract? I don't know because what's he going to want? I mean, I kind of overreacted when somebody when I posted the news on Twitter the other day and somebody said, what would you do? And I said, I would just offer Dallas Keuchel the same contract that you offered Jay Happ. Two years, $17 million a year, third-year option. Would he take it? Maybe. I mean, what's he got? I mean, what's he saying no to now? I mean, we're three weeks away from the start of the regular season. Dallas Keuchel doesn't have a job. So would he take $34 million guaranteed from the Yankees over the next two years? Possibly. I mean, again, if these are short-term problems for the Yankees, do you need to lock up Dallas Keuchel? Because, you know, next year you're going to bring back four-fifths of this rotation. Sevy's going to come back. Hap's going to come back. Um, Tanaka's coming back. And Paxton's coming back. So you already have four-fifths of this rotation coming back next year. 
Do you want to then take one of those spots and guarantee it to Dallas Keuchel? You could do that. But then what's your plans for Jordan Montgomery? Is he part of your future? Do you want to trade him? I mean, I would like to see what Monty would have coming back from Tommy John. He had a really good rookie season. Uh, for people that are saying that he could be a player for the Yankees this year, uh, it sounds like, excuse me, um, Cashman said on what Mike Francesa the other day that he's not really looking for Montgomery before August. So you're really, I mean, at that point, what are you really going to get from a guy if he's not going to be pitching competitive innings till August? And now you're heading into the stretch run, most important games of the season, and you're going to throw a guy out there that hasn't pitched in two years? I don't know if that's something that's going to be good for the Yankees. But, I mean, it doesn't mean I'm giving up on Jordan Montgomery it just means that I just don't think he's gonna be a big player for the Yankees this year and it's a shame because the kid showed real moxie and that he could be a winning pitcher in the big leagues in 2017 um so what do you do do you just ride the wave out with Herman Sessa and Eliza I guess uh because as I've always said as I've been saying to me the Yankees plan is to get through June see where they're at where CeCe's at, and then go make a move there. I think that's – and even after hearing Brian Cashman speak in the past couple of days, I, I even more feel that's the way the Yankees want to go. Ride this early season injury bug with the guys they have in their system and then pounce and be active in the trade market. Now, the big name everybody's going to be saying is Madison Bumgarner. Hey, I'll tell you what. Would you rather have Keiko for two years or trade for Mad Bum midseason and put him in your playoff rotation with a healthy Sevy, Tanaka, Paxton, Hap? Boom. I don't know. It's enticing. And also then you would have to see, you know, you would have to see what Madison Bumgarner's got left in the tank. I mean, he's had a couple fluke injuries the last year, you know. You never know how that takes a toll on a guy. So, you know, and you never know who might become available as the season progresses, because in 2017, we saw who became available, and that was Sonny Gray. And, and we got to talk about Sonny Gray. This is hitting hard, and we're going to punch Sonny right in his friggin' mouth right now. Well, could you please shut up, Sonny Gray? You sound like a whiny, crying baby, okay? Oh, the Yankees made me throw a shitty pitch. That's why I sucked. No, you sucked because you suck, bro. That's what the that's what your issue was. You suck. That's why you sucked. Okay. For the last now, these numbers are out there. I'm not gonna break any news there. If you pay attention, you know what they are. In his last three years in Oakland, his slider percentage usage was 14.9%. In his time with the Yankees, it was 15.1%. It went up two-tenths of a percent. So if the Yankees are making you throw a ton of sliders, don't you think you would have went up more than just two-tenths of a friggin' percent? Okay? Okay, Sonny? Are you paying attention here? You pitched like a prototypical number two starter on the road, okay? Look at the numbers. Go to baseballreference.com in case you can't figure it out for yourself. 3.17 ERA is 3.17 somewhere around there. 3.17 on the road, 6.98 at home. Less walks and and less home runs allowed 
in less innings pitched on the road than versus at home. How do you explain that? Was your slider so much better away from the Bronx? Or did you just have not have the mental capacity to pitch in Yankee Stadium? Hmm. Let me think about this one for a friggin' second. It's not that your slider is a bad pitch and the Yankees made you throw a pitch that you don't know how to throw. It's that you just don't know how to throw any pitch in New York. Okay, bro? Nibble, nibble, nibble. You didn't nibble with your slider. You nibbled with your friggin' fastball, Sonny. Come on. And then I got to argue with fans on Twitter saying, well, you know he's not wrong. Yeah, he is wrong. Sonny Gray was friggin' wrong. You keep, Even if you felt that way, you keep that shit to yourself. You want to know why? Because all it sounds like is sour grapes, okay? I have to blame somebody for the reason why I was bad. I can't take ownership of why I was bad. So I have to blame somebody else for it. You know what, Sonny? I went out on a limb in preseason in 2018 and said that maybe you wouldn't be a Cy Young, but you'd be in that next conversation of guys. That's how good I thought you'd be as a Yankee, and you let me down. And all you've done since then is let me down. On one of the worst days of my life, you let me down, Sonny, as I was getting ready to bury my grandmother, Sonny Gray, okay? I don't never, I maybe told this story one time. I sat there with my cousin and we're watching the New York Yankees play the Baltimore Orioles and you had the friggin' ball in your hand. And as I'm ready to go to the funeral home, what are you doing, Sonny? Smiling after you got your ass kicked as you leave the mound. So screw you, Sonny Gray. I don't want to hear about Larry Rothschild and his, and what he wants you to throw. The fact of the matter is you got Every single opportunity to succeed here. And you couldn't do it. You could not do it, Sonny. They gave you your own personal catcher. What happened? You threw one good game with him. And you thought, oh, wow, now I need my own personal catcher. And then what happened? You still sucked when Austin Romine was on the mound. So clearly wasn't that. The only thing, the common denominator here, Sonny, is you couldn't handle the bright likes of the Bronx, Sonny. You could not Handle it, okay? It's not Larry's fault. It's your fault. And you know what? You're going to go in Cincinnati now and you signed your nice little extension and you're going to have a nice career. You're going to win 12 or 13 games. You're going to, you're going to pitch to a mid three, high three ERA. Somebody setting my car alarm off. Okay. I don't know why. The car alarm is going off. That's friggin' great. Maybe the car is upset too that Sonny Gray's talking all this shit, okay? You're going to have your nice little career, and then what's going to happen? You're going to be like, oh, wow, I was really good. I had my personal, my former coach in Vanderbilt uh, coach me, so now I'm good, and it was all Larry's fault. No, you know what, Sonny? You're in, you're playing for a team that nobody cares about. Okay, that's what it is. The Cincinnati Reds, they will sell out opening day and then there will be 3,000 people in the ballpark for the rest of the season. Yes, yeah, Sonny. There's 3,000 people standing around because they can't get a seat at Yankee Stadium. You can't handle the bright lights, my man. So don't blame Larry Rothschild that you were throwing too many sliders. Blame yourself. Look in the mirror and say, you know what? I didn't have the stones to be a Yankee. And stop blaming everybody else.
And now fans on Twitter take this as an, as an attempt now that they can attack Larry. Why? You're wrong. If you're out there and the people I've been arguing with, you're wrong, okay? I'm sorry, but you're wrong. Using what Sonny Gray said as a, as a chance to attack Larry Rothschild in his job performance is wrong. Because you want to know what it does? It takes the attention off of Sonny Gray. And it puts the blame on somebody else. Which, guess what? Is exactly what Sonny Gray wants you to do. He wants you to say, well, you know what? We should really get rid of Larry. Because guess what that says? If Larry gets fired, then Sonny's vindicated it in what he says. And the only problem is that Sonny's vindication is that he sucks. You're vindicated in the fact that you suck, okay? I'm sorry I had to rant about Sonny Gray, but I'm tired. I'm just tired of it. Chalk it up to the fact that it didn't work out. Oh, I know you, maybe somebody asked you a question and you felt compelled to answer it. Just say, you know what? I'm a Cincinnati Red now. I'm focused on helping the Reds win ball games. My career in New York didn't pan out the way we had all hoped, but my attention is now on being a Cincinnati Red and helping them win ball games. Boom! How hard was that? But no, you had to be like, oh, they made me throw a pitch I didn't like throwing, and that's why I stunk. No, Sonny. For whatever reason, the way the grass was cut, the light shining down on you, the pinstripes, it was all too big for you, Sonny. That's what it was. That's what it was. <sighs> very, very exasperating there. And maybe I will go into a bigger, louder rant on when we record the NYY Sports Talk podcast this weekend. Or maybe not. We'll see. But uh, somebody asked me uh, who I, how I think this whole first base thing is going to shape up. And um, who I would prefer win the job between Greg Bird and Luke Voigt. Uh, it's a tough one. It really is. It's a tough one for me. And I'm going to tell you why. As Brian Cashman said it, I'm going to reference a lot of what Brian Cashman said because he's been in the news lately, you know, after Seve went down. Oh, congratulations to Aaron Hicks on your extension. And then what happened? They had to shut him down because his back is bothering him. You know, make me look stupid. I stood, I stand up for the guy. And then he's, he's missed his past week with some type of back ailment. Now, they, again, the Yankees don't think it's too serious. But, I mean, Jesus, they signed two guys to extensions and two guys have gotten hurt. Great. Anyway, uh, Cashman said coming up, you know, Bird was the guy in the Yankee system. He was touted as the best hitter in the system. Now he came up with, you know, like Judge and Tyler Austin and Gary Sanchez. And Bird, we all know Bird was the first one to crack the scene. And he had that big uh, August in 2015. Got hurt in 2016. We didn't see him. Was hurt in 2017. Had the big home run in the DS versus Andrew Miller. Didn't see him in 2018. Got benched for Luke Voigt. Do you, do I really want to see Greg Bird win the job? I don't know. The Yankees are so deprived of left-handed power, especially that Didi's going to miss at least three months of the season, it seems like, based on what everybody's saying. They're so deprived of left-handed power, and that swing could be perfect for Yankee Stadium. That you want to stick Greg Bird somewhere in the middle, you know, break up some, you know, Sanchez, Judge, Stanton, you, you, Andujar, you break him up with Bird lefty. 
But at the same time, Luke Voigt is that dude. You know, he's he's like a he's like a giant ball of energy, Luke Voigt, and he mashes. And it's hard not to like the guy. I mean, he's the ultimate bro, and he's just out there smashing baseballs, and he fits in being a monster with Judge and Stan. But he's right-handed. You know, the Yankees, you know, if you really think about it, the Yankees are going to probably on most days have a lineup. Or what, yeah, they're going to have a lineup. They could, you know, if you look at it, all right, catcher, right-handed. First baseman, could be left-handed, could be right-handed. But more than likely, going to be right-handed. Second base, right-handed. Shortstop, right-handed. Third baseman, right-handed. Um, all the, Hicks is a switch hitter. Guardy's lefty, but, you know, there could be a scenario where he's not playing and stands in the outfield and, um, how do you call it? And maybe one of Tulo, Andujar, or, uh, LeMayu's, uh, playing is the DH. So you could only have one left-handed hitter in the lineup. It would be nice to have another left-handed hitter in the lineup. The problem is, is that it's the guy you're talking about is Greg Bird, and you cannot trust him as far as you can throw Greg Bird, which you know he's not. He's not a little pigeon. He's he's a human being. So I mean, how far can somebody actually throw a human being? I don't know. I'm just saying, Luke Voigt could probably throw Greg Bird from home to first. Luke Voigt could, and that's still not 90 feet. Is really not a long way to trust, you know, it's not a lot of trust for one guy. But as I keep, you know, I'm saying here, Luke Voigt's a dude. I mean, you know, you just, you saw the way the bench went nuts for this guy every time he smashed the ball last year. You're going to get the same type of energy out of the Yankee bench if Greg Bird plays and he, you know, grounds out meekly to the second baseman? Probably not. No, and Boone said today that, uh, you know, it's probably going to be a three-man bench. Uh, LeMayu's going to be one guy. Uh, you know, obviously Romine's going to be the other guy, and it doesn't seem like Voight or Bird will be the other guy. So the other guy is going to start the season at AAA, and um, it's going to be really, really hard to tell Luke Voigt after what he did last year and the fact that he's still been hitting in his spring training – He's got to go to AAA for Greg Bird. It's going to be tough for him. It's going to be a tough conversation. Whereas I, I'm, I'm assuming here's how the conversation is going to go when Aaron Boone comes in and has to tell Greg Bird he's got to go to Scram. Uh, yeah, uh, Bird, can you come in here for a second, please? Hey, what's up, Skip? Uh, you know what? You had a good spring, but unfortunately, you know, we just got to go with Voight. Oh, uh, oh, okay. That's that's okay. Um, there's this Denny's by the apartment that I used to live in, and I kind of like the way they cook the eggs there, so I'll be all right. Are you sure you don't want to fight? You don't want to convince me that you should be the guy? No, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'll go to Scranton. It's it's cool. Okay. Whereas, like, if Voight got called into Booney's office and Boone was like, "Listen, Luke," um. You know, we really need a left-handed bat, and Bird's been hitting the crap out of the ball. We got to send you to Scranton. Uh, I'm expecting Aaron Boone to get sent to the hospital because Luke Voigt probably beat the shit out of him. See the difference? Uh, not that I think Voigt would, prob would beat the manager up, but 
he would probably, you know, be like, you know what? Screw you, Boone. Screw you. I'm going to show you. I'm going to go down there. I'm going to kick ass. And you're going to have to bring me up. You think Bird would say that? No. And I honestly, and I've said this before, if you send Bird to Scranton, you just might as well write his death certificate for being a Major League Baseball player. Whereas Voight, if you send him to Scranton, he's going to itch and he's going to scratch and he's going to do whatever he's got to do to get his ass back up here. So, you know, I see the two different types of personalities where Voight won't ha will not handle that the same way that Bird will. Voight will do what he's got to do to get back here and be a Yankee again, where Bird will be like, eh, I'll just chill with my cat in my apartment and eat some Denny's. So, all right, so we'll uh, wrap things up there. We'll keep the extracurriculars for another day. Just talking some Yankee baseball here. It's been kind of quiet. Uh, you may or may not know, we picked up my dog on... Uh, Sunday, my border terrier Creed, who's downstairs. My wife is probably keeping him busy. Little yapper. I love that. I love that dog. I gotta say, uh, I don't want to be one of these guys that you know is always talking about his dog, posting pictures of his dog. But man, I, I've been married. I've always had dogs. Um, as far I think we, my parents got my first dog when I was like two or three. That dog lived to be like nineteen, and in the meantime. When I was like six or seven, we got another dog. So I had two dogs. That dog uh, didn't last as long. Maybe had her for like 10 or 11 years. And then uh, like my freshman year in college, we got another dog. So we had an overlap of dogs again. And uh, he's still around. But he's, you know, unfortunately, you know, showing my age here. He's uh, probably about 18 years old now. And they're... The sand in the hourglass is kind of ticking on him, which is kind of sad because I loved, I loved him too, man. He was a great dog. He is a great dog. I mean, you still you don't want to talk about a dog that's still here in past tense. But, you know, time beats everybody and, you know, it's unfortunate. But, you know, you, you don't, you never know. You know, it's, it's sad seeing somebody, someone. I talk about dogs like they're people because to me, they're, you know, they're family. I've always had them, always felt dogs were like part of the family so it's just sad that such a vibrant lively dog that you couldn't keep track of is now pretty much confined to his bed and he just really gets up to eat and now we got creed my first adult dog the first dog that is like truly mine that i'm responsible for that i have to take to the vet i'm talking to the vet today uh you know uh, we knew when we picked him up we went to the you know, we had our choice of boy dogs. We wanted a boy dog. And he just knew right away. He sank right into my wife's arms when uh, we went to go pick him up. And we said, that's him. That's the dude. So maybe next week uh, we'll bring him up here. He hasn't been upstairs yet. So I'm trying to teach him downstairs stuff. Maybe next week we'll bring Creed up on the show here and uh, show him off a little bit. He's a lady killer. I'll tell you, the, the, the women at the vet's office loved him. Okay, so I'm just telling you, anybody, I'm telling my wife this today. We don't work out, and Creed's still, uh, still killing the weight. I'm taking him. I get back up on the horse there. Kidding. Anyway, thank you for watching episode 10 of Hitting Hard. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Christian underscore NYYST. And I'll leave you with this. One of these episodes, I will come up with a great signature goodbye, but unfortunately, 
That's not this episode. See you in next time.